Tony cold open. Oh, I have to do the cold open now? What is this, Dan? <laughs> Unbelievable <laughs> the pressure I feel. Well, hey, Dan, I, I saw an article, and I want to talk about that today because I know you've spent hours and hours doing show prep for today's show, but let's set all that aside, and let's talk about Warren Buffett's son. We always bring up Warren Buffett, this great financial mind, uh, the Oracle of Omaha, but I want to talk about what his son did with the inheritance. I just read an article. How about that? Well, we talk about Warren Buffett because you bring him up all the time, and now you're bringing up his son. I don't know where this is going to go. You are about to listen to an episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Each week, co-hosts Dan and Tony will explore topics about finance and retirement. It's fun, informative, and most of all, useful to those who are interested in retiring successfully. Now, let's begin the show. Hello, and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio Show with me, Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group here in sunny Clearwater, Florida. Alongside me, Tony Shore, you brought to my attention you want to talk about Warren Buffett's son. This should be interesting. I don't know where you're going with this, but I have a feeling it's going to have to do with something not remotely close to money. Well, I mean, it's tied to Warren Buffett, and yes, it directly has something to do with money and investing, so I thought you would love wow. it, Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm all ears. Well, tell me what your story is. I thought you would absolutely love this one. Well, okay. I, I mean, obviously, we I mention Warren Buffett once in a while because he has some great quotes, you know, like, it's time in the market, not timing the market. You shouldn't time the market. It's time in the mm -hmm. market, whatever his saying is. He has a million of them, right? And he's he's considered one of the smartest and greatest investors and, and stock market experts uh, in the country, okay. right? Am I right on that? Uh, you're right so far. <laughs> and you said you want to talk about his son. Yeah, Peter Buffett. Is his Buffett. son Jimmy Buffett? Uh, no, but close. His son is Peter Buffett. Oh, and Peter he, Buffett. Has, okay. uh, he has sib other siblings, uh, but Peter... I believe was uh, he was one of the younger ones, but uh, in 1977, Peter Buffett turned 19. And I saw this article on, uh, I believe it was CNBC. It seems like CNBC has an article at least a day relating to Warren Buffett, and this time okay. they chose uh, to talk about the head. The, t the headline is great: How Warren Buffett's son spent the ninety thousand dollars of Berkshire stock he got when he was 19. It would have been worth $200 million now had he left it invested. And he even could have <laughs> taken some of the interest uh, <laughs> and lived on that. But he didn't. Uh, I, I love this story because uh, he saw his siblings waste away their inheritance, and he was told this is the only inheritance you're going to get, $90,000 worth of Berkshire Hathaway stock. And that's uh, Buffett's investment company, which is worth so much today. So hmm. uh, he didn't spend it on a fancy car or, you know, buy a fancy condo or first class tickets around the world or travel. Um, he decided to live very frugally and use it to live off of. Well, he figured out how to become a musician. <laughs> he dropped out of Stanford. Oh. And spent the $90,000 on sound equipment. 
What? Which is exact. I read that and I'm like, yes, because if you gave me $90,000 back in when I was that age, 19, it was a little later than 77. I'm much younger, thank God, than Peter Buffett. But uh just wanted to point <laughs> that out. Uh, but I would have done almost exactly the same thing. I would have bought in stereo equipment, sound equipment. I wouldn't have spent it on a car. I wouldn't have spent it on fancy digs or anything like that. But I would have used it to live on while I pursued my passion, which would be music. And that's exactly what Peter Buffett did. Wow. Wow. I'm looking at the article now that you just referenced, and I do yeah. see it. What do you think? Holy geez. So, <clears throat> first off, let's get let's get the elephant to... Let's address the elephant in the room. Do you say Worcestershire sauce or Worcestershire sauce? Because you say Berkshire Hathaway. I say Berkshire. Oh, uh, I, I, is, Worcestershire <laughs> sauce. Worcestershire Shire sauce. See, it's hard to say. It is. Okay. So, Worcestershire um, sauce, I think is how Berkshire, I would say it. Berkshire. Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, but I mean, it's the, we, you know, where do the hobbits live? In the Shire. They don't live in the Shire. Okay. All right. <laughs> Playing to my uh, fantasy geek. I'm, I'm, I'll stand corrected. So, <laughs> wow. Went to the Frodo Baggins. Yeah, I, I, so, I, I took you to school on that one, didn't I? Wow. Let's change the subject. So, <laughs> back to back to what you're saying here. So, I read I, I I read the article while you were blabbing away, and um, you like it because he spent all that money on on equipment or time actually i read it. it's a, he spent the like you said money to learn how to record sound or play music what is he now is he is he, he is he a musician i'm assuming yes, yes. in fact he's an award-winning musician yeah okay all right so so it worked but here's the question and this is what the, the headline says if he would have just take took that ninety thousand, left it in the berkshire stock that he got didn't touch it It'd be worth two hundred million, and I'm gonna guess. Well, maybe, but I'm gonna guess that he's worth a lot less than two hundred million right now as a, a award-winning musician. Maybe I don't know, but um, but then he wouldn't be a musician because he wouldn't have that ninety thousand that he spent to become a musician. Right. By the way, ninety thousand in nineteen seventy-seven is a lot of money. It is a lot of money in. <laughs> It is a ton of money in 1977. I mean, a ton I mean, of money. Yeah, that's a what, lot of what money. What could you buy? I mean, what would 90000 worth of money now buy in terms of sound equipment or whatever recording equipment that he would need? I'm assuming it's instruments and recording. And well, I think he spent most of it to live on for a few years while he figured it out, but he used a lot. I think uh, that was he used a lot of the money to live on, but the rest of the money he used his sound equipment. And I'm sure he he moved to San Francisco, got a little, he bought a little a budget, or he lived in a budget apartment, very frugally, mm -hmm. lived really frugally. And his one extravagance was updating and expanding recording equipment. Now, by that, also instruments. Uh, he played piano and guitar. And so I, I have to assume that he used some of that money to buy uh, a piano instruments so that's where that's where it can get really expensive even in 1977 um and if you went out and wanted to buy a really good guitar and a nice piano right now 
um, yeah, you'd need that full 90,000 <laughs> right. probably. Right. But, um, right. but the thing is, is uh, you wouldn't because you'd get an older piano, but still you need some money to live on. Uh, but what I love is his dad, his connection to his dad and his money did not get him the break he needed to eventually become a world-class musician and to be able to work full-time as a musician. He did achieve the success in the music career. Uh, he is he put out a number of albums. Um, he, he released over a dozen studio albums, uh, but uh, he also uh, did the score to Dances with Wolves. He worked on that score some, oh, but Kevin he got Costner. his big break. Yeah. Because he had this crummy, crappy, beat-up car, and he was washing his driveway, and a neighbor came by and just started chatting and asked him what he did for a living. He said, I'm a struggling composer. And the guy said, hey, um, I'm, I need somebody to do music for this uh, new startup cable TV channel. Uh, would you be interested in helping out? And it turned out, oh, yeah, he was doing the music for MTV. Oh, so like so some of their background the right music, yeah, at the right time. Yep, that's, that's and that's how every that's how anyone makes their break in the music industry. You have to be in the right spot at the right time. That's why everyone so, moves to Nashville to try to break in the. They all want to be in that one spot where people get their big break, right? So you're 19. You're you inherit 90,000. You would move to Nashville and buy sound equipment and try your fate at music is that what you're saying you would have done um uh i would have probably done something similar i would have used that to live on while i worked part-time for radio stations trying to become a famous radio announcer or um also bought sound equipment and a lot of records i'm assuming he spent money on albums too, listening to music because he was obviously a a lover of music most most people in music love to listen to other music and so I'm assuming he would spend money somewhat similar, and I would have bought some sound equipment, but, you know, uh, I, I don't necessarily, my goal wasn't necessarily the same as his to buy, to become a famous musician, but I did want to work in the music field. So moving out to a place like California, uh, which I eventually did and got a job for a record label. So I my dream came true too, but I was in the right place at the right time as well it's just that's the problem most people if my kids said they wanted to do i want to become a musician i would um yeah i would slap them well yeah i'd do something i don't know what i would do but uh i would panic first of all (laughs) my heart might stop (laughs) for a moment so let's think about this for a second let's so according to cnbc calculations ninety thousand berkshire hathaway stock in 77 will be worth 200 million today that's a 250,000% return. Yeah, it's crazy. He says he doesn't regret it. He doesn't regret his choice for a second. Um, he said, and I quote from the article, I used my nest egg to buy something infinitely more valuable than money. I used it to buy time. So he used it to buy time to figure out his career, right? So if he didn't have that money, he couldn't have become the career. He wouldn't have been where he is today, but he would have done something else. Probably. Um, if he would have left it, would he have needed a career? 90,000 to 200 million just by doing nothing, letting it sit. Now who can let it sit? Life happens. 
You know, yeah, he I would have had Google. to finish college and get a job. Yeah, right. Which is so, what he should have done, but in his case, it worked. So that's why I'm wondering if he says, "I don't regret it." It's easy to say because he had success. I think. Let's say we went to him now, and he was penniless, and his career never took off. He might say, "I wish I would have taken that ninety thousand and just let it sit." Right. Right. So the question is, does he not regret it because he was successful or does he not regret it because the decision was the right one to make? I think a little bit of both, but it would be harder for him to say he doesn't regret it if he hadn't been successful. Right. I mean, that's that's the thing. (laughs) Right. It's easy to say, hey, I don't regret it because he was able to make a living at it and uh, he actually got. Uh, fame doing it and was acclaimed and he is able to do what he loves and i think it is important for people to pursue that to some extent um like they say if you have a job you love you'll never work a day in your life and i believe that's true and he was able to do that the problem is for every one person that is able to do that there are a million out there that try the same thing and end up dead in a ditch somewhere I mean, I mean, that's (laughs) that's putting it very crudely, but I am just trying to show you the juxtaposition between where he ended up and where a lot of people end up. But those people who do end up, you know, you you always ask the musicians and the people and people even ask me. I mean, I, I really I got to work with some of my favorite artists. I was a radio promoter. I worked for record labels. That was my dream as a kid. And I got to live my dream. But. I also know a lot of people who had the same dream who never, ever, ever made it and couldn't make it work. So, see, that's the issue. Um, w- should he have taken the risk? And obviously, he's got talent, and I'm not taking anything away from his talent. I don't know the guy. Uh, no, he's, yeah, he's got talent. Yeah. In the beginning of the article, it says um, he and his siblings have not gotten anything from their father. And I think that's been understood that they're not going to get anything or that they've already gotten what they're going to get. This was from his grandfather's farm. Yep. So first of all, 90000 each to the kids in 1977, that means the father, grandfather's farm was worth something. Yep. So there's some... And he, he admits that he had some privilege to get that because that's just not happening for most people. Yeah. 99% of the population he is not getting a He admits he got a gift check, to get him started. Right? Yep. But he also... He's not getting money from his dad now, but he was has been and his siblings have been given enormous sums of money to do charitable work. So it easy. Now I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away. I'm just saying it's easy for someone to try something new when they know that their parent, their father has a ton of money in case they fall flat on their face. Maybe they're going to get bailed out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. His father may have said to them early, I'm not giving you anything. This is it. And I don't even know if his father was super rich at that time. Maybe he wasn't. I don't even know. I don't know enough about Warren Buffett to say. But not as much going so, through life, yeah. if you have the backstop of your dad being one of the world's richest people in the world, you know, you can take a few chances and not worry as much. Yeah. And maybe that uh, that uh, that is privilege. And he does address that. But again, you he's making a really good point that which would you rather have? Um, well, 200 million is a lot, you know, cause that'll, <laughs> would you rather have $300,000 or 
as a 20 year old right now, or have that go toward a career. And that's what a lot of kids make the choice to go to college. They don't see it that way, but there are people racking up two, three hundred, oh, yeah. yeah. of student loan debt yep. to get that career. Wouldn't you rather just have that 400000 in your pocket to do something else? Yeah, and it's lucky the they aren't given that. No, because yeah. what else am I going to do with it? I'll just spend it. I'll go gamble it. I'll yep. drink it. I'll do something stupid with it. Right. But by getting that career, by getting that degree, I'm theoretically learning a trade, which will then improve my life overall. And as long as that trade is something I enjoy doing, then bingo, I hit the jackpot, right? That's what he's saying. And I I tend to agree with him on that. Yeah. And I uh, like that. But I, when you say if you wouldn't have done anything except put it in the, kept it where it was, you would be worth 200 million today. That's a really tough one to, that I mean, is you really tough. put the screws to someone by asking them that question. Yeah, you are. I mean, you have to be really confident in your current lifestyle to be able to say, damn, man, I, I wish I would have, no, I would have been fine. I'm glad I did it the way I did it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he did so say, really, what's the price, Tony? That's what's the true. price on, what if I told you right now, you wouldn't have had any experience in Nashville or California, you would have, you would just be, um, you would be a target. You'd be working at target as a stock boy currently, but I, I would give you a hundred million in the bank. What do you say to that? Well, you know what, Dan, to be honest, I would take the experiences over the money, honestly, uh, because my I, experiences and not to be, you know, uh, not to be self-important or bragging but my experiences were fantastic <laughs> i just uh i wouldn't give no, those up for the world it, it defined who you are today so you're basically saying give me money and i'll pretend my whole life didn't happen to that point that's a really tough it's a tough scenario to pitch to someone because it's, yeah. you know, it's it's impossible to determine what that would look like you yeah. know yeah and i feel bad saying you know I, I sometimes I feel guilty because I've really lived my dream and I've really been happy and it's not has nothing to do with money. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, I'm not wealthy, but um, uh, I realize there's so many people out there that, you know, aren't don't have the same circumstances and it's not necessarily their fault. Sometimes it's circumstantial. Uh, I was born where I did. I met the people I did. I followed my passions and so uh you know i i don't think we all get the same shot unfortunately but at least here in america we have a good chance if we work for it so i love it i mean i was a i was a farm kid from a tiny farm town in minnesota and i ended up in la doing radio promotions for record labels you know i hung out in the offices of atlantic records with you know my favorite band it's just like you can't make that stuff up. I mean, that's just, yeah, I don't think that could happen a lot of places, but it ha it happened to me here. That was awesome. You know, it's, and I'm, it's, it, it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought to say, what is the experience is worth? And I think a lot of people, especially those that have a lot of wealth will say there's more to life than money. Right. Um, right. It's just, and you, and the people that don't have a lot of money say, oh, that's easy for you to say. Right. Um, <laughs> it is. I, even like I, I'm not wealthy, but when I was younger, my parents were able to give us graduation gifts and I wanted a, I think they were giving me a watch 
and I didn't want to watch. So I asked for Microsoft stock, literally. I took $100 and I bought Microsoft stock. Awesome. And I held on to it and then I bought, used that to buy my first car. It didn't pay for the car, but it helped. And then I, I remember buying um, Google when it IPO'd and I had to sell it to get out of my house, which I lost a lot of money on when I moved. Uh, life happens. You know, would I wish I never sold that Microsoft stock and had it still? It would be worth a whole lot more than that used Oldsmobile Frienza I bought. But then I wouldn't have bought that car and I wouldn't have been able to drive to work and live my life. So it's, you can't go that route. Um, you know what? I just was reading another article about Warren Buffett while you were ranting about your great life and how you lived your perfect <laughs> little, perfect little life. Um, Warren Buffett, um, someone wrote, uh, her name is Alice Schroeder. She wrote a biography on Buffett called the snowball, something like that. Um, and she writes how there was a time when Buffett gave a presentation at the university of Georgia and the students asked him to define success. And here's what he said. He said, when you're nearing your end of life, your only measure of success should be the number of people you want to have love you actually do love you. He said, uh, I know a lot of people that have a lot of money and they get the testimonial dinners. They get the hospital wings named after them. But the truth is that nobody in the world loves them. Buffett said, and if you get to my age in life and nobody thinks well of you, I don't care how big your bank account is. Your life is a disaster. Wow. That's awesome. You never hear Buffett's quoted the saying that on the uh, money channels. <laughs> no, where's that on CNBC? Right, they don't. Yeah, they they don't tell you that. Even though um, that also is a CNBC article. Um, oh, that there you go. Well, there, <laughs> but well, there you but go. You're not going to hear the pundits on TV talk about that. You right. Know, which mutual fund should you buy? They're not going to say it doesn't matter because I don't have any friends. They're not going to say that. Um, no one loves me. Uh, you know. <laughs> But Warren Buffett can, and there's something to be said about that. So, Tony, I'm glad that you didn't take that money that you inherited, that big farm inheritance you got, and and um, I'm glad that you became who you are because I would never have met you. So, well, I'm that's glad true. You're well, thank that. you, Dan. That's nice of you to say. I didn't get I didn't get that big inheritance you mentioned, but. Uh, uh, I got to, I got to do some things I wanted anyway, but, uh, without the money, which was nice. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you saying that Dan, same here. I mean, I love where I'm at right now and, uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, life has led me to this point. And, uh, you know, unfortunately not everyone can say that, but, uh, there's always time you, you have to, uh, as long as you're happy and you can, you know, find uh, happiness that's key we talk a lot about money and finance and that can take that can relieve some stress uh and it helps to have a plan in place no matter how little or how much you have and i know that's what you help people with and you give them a peace of mind regarding their finances which is also important that has to feel good right yeah and when people go to retire i ask them what do you want to do with your life and a lot of them don't know because they never had that choice they've always just been working 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 for money 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 and now they have some money and they're like now what do i do with myself it's it's quite a different world and i coach people through that all the time 
Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, that's that's what I do, and I enjoy it, and I I love the look on people's faces when they realize, all right, what is this money gonna do for me now? What is this money? I'm not gonna. What I'm I'm not worried about what I'm gonna do for money. What is the money gonna do for me? And the sooner you can get to that point, the better in life. I'm not there yet. I still gotta work. I got kids. We talked about that. Don't have kids if you want to retire early. But um, <laughs> but I will say this, Tony. Someone offers me a million dollars to never talk to you again. I'll never talk to you again. Oh no, Dan! <laughs> wow, it turned That's so quick too. We were on this. Uh, really, it was starting to get a little uncomfortable. We were so uh, uh, close there, and then uh, wow, how quickly it turned. I don't know. I could turn it maybe five hundred thousand even. I, I <laughs> oh, might even go hundred thousand. I don't know. Now it's getting I don't worse. Know, it's getting worse. I, I, it's getting at least worse. I was at seven figures. Well, you know, it was nice talking to you, Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, great show today, Dan. Why don't you let our listeners know, quick before we go, how they can get a hold of you and set up that complimentary consultation to get a financial plan in place? Yeah, if you want to be rich like Warren Buffett, don't call me because I don't have the capability of picking stocks like he does. I'm not a stock picker. But if you want to be rich like Warren Buffett in terms of doing what you love and, and having less stress, I, I'm pretty good at that. Give me a call. 888-508-5935 or just go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Tony, thanks for a good show. I'm picking on you. I'm glad <laughs> that you actually brought this to the table. I was dubious at first, but what an interesting topic. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. And listeners, thanks for tuning in today. That does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. The topics on this show are wide-ranging yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Delphine Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.